BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Jada, I know you've been trying to forget, but do you remember what tomorrow is? I know. Valentine's Day is upon us. Yeah, how do you feel about that? So I'm not terribly sad like I was last month, but I'm kind of just going to take it in stride. So Valentine's Day has got me thinking Mm -hmm. that like when I was single, Valentine's Day never made me sad. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that did really like hurt when I like was like on Instagram were people going on vacations with their partners. Mm. People having that person to travel with Mm -hmm. just like Oh, it got me. Like, that was my Valentine's Day. No, I know exactly how you feel because I think for a long time I had this thought like, oh, like, when I've got a solid partner, I'm going to, like, go on all these amazing trips to Europe. But we don't really need to wait. Yeah, absolutely not. But I do still remember that feeling of being like, how rude are you to post (laughs) your good time? on a public forum for me to see. I mean, seriously, space it out. Save those photos for yourself. Mm, That too. And on that note... Welcome to The Bustle Huddle. I'm Jada Gomez. I'm Anna Parsons. And today we are talking about traveling by your darn self. Mm -hmm. Make it happen, even if you're not in that relationship you want to be in right now. Seize that day. And I mean, we could go on forever about all the reasons why you need to just like travel by yourself and go see all the places that you want to see. You know them too. Come on. But instead, we're going to focus on all of the practical elements, like things that might be holding you back, like costs, like being afraid of being lonely. We're going to get a lot of women into the studio to discuss, um, you know, just like how to make it happen. No excuses. As someone who's got a trip coming up in March, I need all the advice and all the info. So you're going to... So I'm going to Europe for the first time. I'm going to be spending a few days in London and I'm going to be spending a few days in Madrid. And so is this your first big solo trip ever? Yeah, I've, I've done solo trips, but they've been mostly like weekend things. So this is like the longest time I'll actually be like by myself in a foreign country. I'm excited, but I'm nervous. Okay, so I understand the nerves. That's completely understandable, but I promise this episode has your back. Like a lot of people have been there before. Well, the huddle always has my back, so I know I won't be led astray. Yeah. And the first person to have our back is our very own Tanya Garamani, who leads travel content on Bustle. And not only is she writing the content, she's also traveling by herself very frequently. I am. I am. That's true. Fact. Tell us all the places that you've traveled to alone. So I just got back from a solo trip in England Mm. and France. Because, uh, you know, they're only like two hours apart on the Eurostar. So it's it's a good little combined trip you can even do in a weekend if you want. Uh, I went to Miami solo this summer, which, by the way, if you're going to do that, pack way more tank tops than I did. Because <laughs> it is hot. It is very hot down there. And uh, Iceland. I went to Iceland alone, which is absolutely beautiful. And I think my next solo trip is going to be Finland. Ooh. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Are you going to see the Northern Lights? If they if they come out to play, 
Oh, that's you know, right. it, yeah, it, they're a little shy. They're a little shy sometimes, and with I guess the magnetic North Pole moving, it's it's a little finicky. <laughs> with like the ozone melting down, you may or may not see them or not. No, that <laughs> with, is with sad. the world ending, no I big mean, deal. Yeah. Another reason to go solo travel, see it while you can. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. There's so many reasons to travel solo. <laughs> so, carpe diem, right? <laughs> Speaking of Tanya, so tell me, like. All these places that you've been to by yourself, yeah. like, how would you say it's different than traveling with friends? I would say it's kind of empowering and also anxiety-inducing in-, in the beginning because you are you realize that you are totally in control of your plans, and you really have to think, like, what is it that you actually want to do? For me, I love traveling with friends but then that also causes anxiety because I'm like well what if they want to go party and I want to like go to sure. the museum and it was really scary in the beginning because you're going to these foreign places where you don't know anyone and it can be a little bit like oh like am I gonna have to eat alone mm-hmm. you know what how am I gonna Am I just going to have to, like, sit at the bar alone and, like, eat? Who's going to take your pictures? Right. Who's going to take your photos? You know, am I going to get bored even? But, you know, I think that it ends up empowering you in a way that you, you just feel extremely independent. And when you come back, you're able to apply that vibe to your own day-to-day life Mm. too and I feel like traveling alone is like boot camp for anybody who's ever been afraid to go see a movie by themselves Mm. to go you know eat by themselves oh my gosh it's so that's so that's just my mom has like such a weird reaction when I go see movies alone and it's like one of my favorite things to do by myself and I feel like women are always discouraged from that and it goes back to like that whole you know, thought process from like the 20s and 30s, which is that, you know, as a woman, you always kind of need like a male companion with you, whatever you do. Uh, And even now we're seeing some uh, reports from like the travel industry about solo women traveling and being actually watched by like people in the hotels they're staying in or at restaurants if they're eating alone at the bar. Wow. Well, yes. So so we've <laughs> talked about this in the past, Tanya. Let's discuss the conversation about women traveling alone versus the non-existent conversation about men traveling alone. Absolutely. So I feel like whenever I started traveling alone, a lot of the feedback that I got wasn't like excitement about my trips and excitement about the experiences that I was going to have, but it was like safety, like make sure to, to take pepper spray. Here's an alarm. Like, do you have emergency numbers for everyone? Like that's not the type of stuff that you tell men who Hmm. travel alone, because if a guy travels alone, it's like, Oh, have fun. You're going to have an amazing life changing experience. But as a woman, you're going to get murdered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like I really don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because we could talk for hours about like ways to actually keep yourself safe as a human, not as a woman, because you always got to watch your back. And that is important. Yeah, it totally Mm -hmm. is. I I would actually say like as someone who I've lived abroad alone for, I guess, like four years, I lived in South Korea and Malaysia and Berlin. And also I've traveled frequently by myself. But the number one safety tip I would say is just like pay for your lodgings. Don't mm. ever put your fate in the hands of a stranger, like, no matter like how kind surfing. they seem. Yeah. It's funny because, like, I know a lot of people advocate for couch surfing, a lot of people in the travel community. And I, I think that they're I think that they're within their right to do that. But for me, like, I, 
I just wouldn't recommend our listeners to do that because you're totally putting your the fate of your entire trip into the hands of a complete stranger. Right. That's such a like total like mind blow for me because like I totally am like I'd have to stay in like a really cool hotel and like be like you know like have like a princess for a week kind of thing so like I can't even imagine like sleeping couch surfing but I know a lot of travelers do. Unfortunately like traveling you know for everyone to kind of have that experience sometimes money or like other sort of means can hold them back so couch surfing I can see why it would be like a good opportunity to like still travel but also keep costs low that said what I would tell anyone who's thinking about that is would you do the same thing in the city that you live in Mm -hmm. like in New York where we all live if someone offered you their couch I would run away (laughs) that's like (laughs) red flag like here get in my van I have candy (laughs) So I would run so fast. I would say just, just the same sort of safety tips that you use in your day-to-day life at home, apply them abroad. Yeah, I do want to say couchsurfing is like a really tight-knit community that's really great. But um, the reason I'm not advocating for it is the same reasons why people are like, women have your money. It's like, women have your accommodations in yeah. your own name. Absolutely. Connected to your debit card or no. whatever, to your own Very bank account. Real. So there's a paper trail. Yes, exactly. That's when I love the surveillance like surveillance nation is just when they know where you are. It's the same reason I use Uber over cabs now. Mm, are you a closet George Orwell fan? <laughs> yes. A little big brother. <laughs> um, Someone read 1984 in high school. Yo, as long as they know where I'm at in Belgrade, I'm happy. <laughs> Track tracking. Yes, track me down. So, Tanya, I want to keep you here the entire time and rant about all the reasons you should not sleep on strangers' sofas, especially abroad. But I need to hear some practical tips while I've got you here because I know that yes. you know everything. Absolutely. Uh, number one, definitely do it. It's great. Number two, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Even though your intent is to travel all by yourself, there are a lot of services that can actually help you plan these trips in like an all-inclusive sort of way but you still get to travel on them solo. So, for instance, uh, there's a company that I recently learned about uh, called Flashpack, and they are literally designed for solo millennial travelers, which is, you know, all of us in this room. And what they do is they curate different experiences with different adventure levels, and they actually, you know, the flights are included, the hotels are included. They're actually nice hotels, too. So... Companies like that, I think, are really great because you pay a lump sum, you get to travel alone, but you also have the option of, like, there will be other people around you within your vicinity that you can connect with if you do want to. And if you don't want to even do any of that, I would say uh, just talk to your friends. Join some Facebook groups. Girls Who Travel on Facebook is a great one that I'm actually a part of myself, and it's a great network of other women who love to travel and want to support each other. And, uh, you know, maybe even just start with, like, a little weekend trip. Get out of the city for a weekend somewhere close by, Get an Airbnb. Thank you, Tanya, so much. Thanks, Tanya. Yeah, but we're going to have you back. Ooh, I have heard this. Next up, we're going to sit down with perhaps the most well-traveled person at Bustle, 
also the person's best at saving money. We've got Alex Finkel, who's going to give us some tips on traveling on the cheap. But before that, I wanted to ask, is, is money even an issue in your trip, Jada? Yeah, I can definitely say that when I first booked my trip, I was literally having a panic attack because it's the most money I've ever spent to travel. But I kind of focused on a nice hotel because that's something that's important to me. So I spent a little bit more there and then tried to find some flight deals to keep it balanced. That sounds pretty smart. And actually, it's pretty in line with what Alex is about to tell us. Oh, great. So I'm on the right track. Yeah, you're already there. Mm-mm. All right, let's listen. Alex, thank you for joining us. Really excited to be here and talk about travel. Yeah. So let's to kick things off, tell me where have you traveled to alone? I have traveled solo to a ton of countries in Europe, uh, most recently to the UK, but before that spent a lot of time in Eastern Europe, along with France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Serbia, Croatia, the list goes on and on. So we've already had you on the podcast talking about money hacks before, because like everybody in this office loves to ask you for like, how can I travel cheaper? But specifically when traveling alone, are there any hacks to getting a cheaper fare or even maybe getting like cheaper lodging? Uh, Not so much. I I guess the key is that you can book last minute. A lot of people think that booking last minute means that you're going to spend a lot more, but that's not true. So I've used hotel tonight quite a bit. So if you're okay, I know this sounds like a commercial for them now, um, which is funny because they advertise on uh, on podcasts. But if you're okay with not knowing where you're going to sleep that night, then oftentimes you can find a cheaper hotel room. Whenever I'm traveling with other people, there's absolutely no way that they're going to be okay with like not booking all your transportation and not booking your hotel. But if you're cool with kind of just like winging it, then usually you can also bargain for cheaper. So when it comes to tours, for example, if you're kind of willing to go on a tour like that day or the next day, you can show up to these tour providers and kind of bargain with them for cheaper than whatever their like listed pricing is. And also um, to the listener, Alex has traveled to how many countries now in total? I think about 80. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... (laughs) The places that she listed off that she traveled to alone are just like a small fraction of the places that you've been. Are there any places you would recommend for women not to go by themselves? I think that you should be just really smart about what you're comfortable with. I think women can travel to wherever they want as long as they do it smartly and safely. I think it's about what you're comfortable with. If you haven't done a ton of traveling, then it's great to start in Europe. Most people speak English. The way that things work is very similar to, you know, how it works here. And so I think that that's a great place to start. I've also done a lot of traveling in Southeast Asia, which is incredibly safe. And there's also a lot of tourists. So, you know, you kind of can feel like, okay, I'm just one of a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I lived in I lived in Malaysia, actually, for about a year. And you're right. There's like a ton of people there on their leap year. You know, compared to the U.S., I think other countries have much more culture of, like, backpacking. Of traveling. Or yeah, traveling absolutely. Along. And so I was also in New Zealand, basically a ton of tourists, and also solo tourists, too, in New Zealand. So I think that, you know, you can pretty much go anywhere as a solo, you know, female traveler. Um, I think it's important to do your research beforehand and, you know, and also ask other people. Going back to money, though, since everybody loves to ask you about money, um, any tips on saving money when you're actually there? What about eating out or things like that? Yeah, so for me, 
food is the place where I tend to splurge on. So if I save money on my accommodation, on my flight, um, then I do like to spend you know, money on like really quality restaurants. I do a lot of research beforehand. You know, it's great if you can, if you're in certain places where they have like breakfast included, you can even maybe pack a lunch and then kind of save all your money for dinner if that's what's important to you. You know, I think it is smart for you to think about, okay, here's my trip. Here's what I want to actually spend money on, you know, whether it is on food or drinks or whatever. So any other tips for our listeners out there? Maybe people who are a little bit shy to book their first trip and need some encouragement. So I guess my biggest piece of advice is like absolutely solo travel. It is really rewarding. I always found it as like a really great growth opportunity. And I don't think, I think just start small. So pick a place. I mean, I have friends who travel around the country by themselves. You know, you don't need to go international. There's a city you've really wanted to go to always and, you know, haven't been able to find friends to go with or whatever. You should just book a flight and go. Awesome. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Alex's advice about doing things at the very last minute may seem counterintuitive, but honestly, she's saved me a lot on flights. And also, it'd be super rude of me to not give you some advice that she gave me right after our interview, which was um, always look for the airports a little off the beaten track. Um, You know, like typically their flights might be more expensive, but say here in New York, um, Stewart Airport, which is something I had never even heard of. Yeah, where is that? <laughs> it's like an hour north of here. You can take a bus out there. Um, so Stewart Airport has flights with Norwegian Air that all over Europe and significantly cheaper than anything you can find out of JFK, mm-hmm. New York, etc. Just, you know, get a little creative. That's a really good idea. I feel like I'm always nervous to try airports that are off the beaten path because I always think it's going to take me so long to, like, get into the city or like take a cab but it probably is so much cheaper yeah you do have to like it's just more effort yeah I went to Amsterdam once on a $230 round trip ticket wow yeah and this was with wow air which is like kind of like Iceland's version of Ryan Air, and this is when they first came out. I wasn't really clear if they were real or not, <laughs> but they only flew out of Boston. So I had to um, take a bus to Boston, like, gosh, was that like four hours or something? Mm. You know, like a four hour bus ride up to Boston to catch this flight, but like in the end, it was worth it. It's just, it's it's a, the whole time money. So it take equation. a little effort. Yeah. Yeah. That is a very good hack. Next up, we've also got Caitlin Colley, and she's got a few tips for us. But also, you're going to hear that she moved to Ireland and she moved to Paris just out of nowhere. And I want to keep listeners aware that actually she went to school there. And also bring up the fact that if you can't afford to traditionally travel, that there are all of these other ways to make it work. Talk about a way out of your comfort zone. That just sounds so amazing. Yeah, to have to do school and like live abroad at the same time. Yeah, but it's a smart, that's a very smart way to couple it, to get the experience. Yeah, exactly. I think for those of us who vacationing isn't exactly on the books, um, looking at something that you already need to do in life and like pairing it with that, it's, it's always smart. My name is Caitlin Colley. Um, I've been traveling solo for a while. When I was 19, I moved to Paris by myself. 
and I lived there for three years without any knowledge of the language. I had taken Spanish for six years, so that was pretty helpful. Um, a year after that, I moved to Dublin by myself again. So I've definitely moved a lot of places on my own. And from those places as hubs, I've traveled to a bunch of cities. Obviously, when you're in Europe, all of Europe is right next door, so you can kind of pop over and do anything. I've gone to Dubai by myself, which was a very interesting experience because it was the first time uh, ever encountering a country with stricter dress codes, and facing that on your own can be really intimidating. Um, I always find the hardest part of traveling on your own is the is the flight. Um, not being able to talk to anybody, especially when your flight is going horribly wrong, which it often does, and you're sitting there on the tarmac for six hours and you want to make friends, but then you also don't want to talk to strangers. So it's kind of just like sitting there and tweeting. So traveling alone is a lot of fun. I think a lot of traveling is kind of trying to embrace the new and going out to new bars, to new sites, but also figuring out how to approach a group of people that you not even sure if you speak the same language, if they even want anything to do with you, but you also don't want to spend a fourth night in your hostel alone, so you're just trying to be a little adventurous. I mean, travel in itself takes you out of its, out of your comfort zone, but traveling alone is a whole new experience because there is no comfort zone. When you're traveling with somebody, you have somebody to talk to, somebody you recognize, somebody you can uh, hold a conversation with, but when you're traveling alone, you're kind of forced to do, the, do it all on your own. And that's scary, but it's also beautiful because learning to rely on yourself is just such a tremendous skill, a life skill to learn, and something that you will carry with you even when you're not traveling. Uh, now that I have a partner, I travel alone a lot less, but I, I still miss that feeling of, I don't know, individualism, of, of not being tethered to anyone else's itinerary, to not taking tour buses because I really dislike tour buses, to feeling like wandering a city is a better way of exploring it than any map could show you. And when you're traveling on someone else's time, what they want to do, it, it can be very distracting, and that's why you need to find a partner who also aligns with you because I would never be able to date somebody who wants to take me on a double-decker tour bus. One tip I have, and this is something I heard a long time ago, and it has actually worked a few times, although I wouldn't say it's a 100% success rate, is dressing up a little bit when you go to the airport. People behind the counter are far more likely to actually upgrade you if they think you look like you deserve an upgrade. I know that's just part of the rich getting richer, etc. but if you throw on a pair of uh, leggings instead of sweatpants, you might get into first class. Just, just a tip, ladies. <laughs> My larger tip for anybody traveling alone is you'll never be able to make your own itinerary. So travel on your whim. Don't pay attention to street signs. Walk around and explore a city or a new place or a new countryside all by yourself. If you want to meet up with people, there are safer ways to do it. Approach groups, don't approach individuals. One last tip you're never going to use half of the things that you put in your suitcase. So do not pack nearly as much as you, as you do because one shirt or two pairs of leggings, I know I mentioned leggings a lot, can suffice and you don't have to lug around a 50-pound suitcase everywhere you go. You can always buy more and you can always wear less. That's my motto in life. <laughs> Caitlin had some hacking pa hacking packs. Hacky packs. <laughs> hacking <laughs> hacks. Oh my gosh. Packing hacks. How heavily do you plan to pack? So I 
am literally my dad's child. So when we were traveling young, when I was young, we were only allowed to bring one carry-on. So whatever can fit in a carry-on is all I'm bringing, and I just make it work. But I have a pretty chubby carry-on, so I think I'll be able to fit a weekend. But if I can't fit it in that carry-on bag, I am not taking it. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that about you, Jada. <laughs> I like. I wasn't quite sure where you would land on yeah. the spectrum. Yeah, I could go either way because you know yeah. I love a fancy hotel. But I've got. I just cannot check bags. I need to have my stuff with me. Back to that crazy cheap flight I told you about to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. They actually had a um, <laughs> a luggage limit of ten pounds, and you think ten pounds sounds like, you know, like enough? No, no, with your shoes, not that's enough like at all. Yeah, no, 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 no. So I ended up. Um, it was a winter time, fortunately. So I had a big coat on, and I ended up packing like all of my shoes and any sort of heavy item like into my pants or the back of my coat. So you just walked down the plane like Yeah, I just like waddled on. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's on my body. You can't check it. Yeah, there's my (laughs) advice for traveling solo. (laughs) Find the loopholes. Um, Next up, we've got Emma Lord um, who talks about kind of the the downsides of traveling by yourself. My name is Emma Lord. Uh, I have solo traveled like plenty of mini trips, but I feel like the two biggest ones I did were I took a week-long trip to San Francisco by myself, and then I took a week-long trip that was London and Edinburgh by myself, maybe like two years after that. Um, I will say I, you know, I really enjoy the experience of traveling solo because I feel like I'm one of those people that I have like a system. I love to explore new cities in like certain ways. Uh, I get up really early and I go to bed very early. I'm not really much of a night owl. Um, I like to kind of like run around a city on the first day that I'm there. And then you sort of like take note of where I want to go later and really have my own time to just sort of either like linger in places that I think are really cool or just like totally skip some places like I'm not a big museum lady I'm not really like big into nightclubs but I will like go to a park and I'll stay there for like two hours just like wandering around a park or I'll go find every food place I want to try and I've always liked traveling solo because I'm kind of like I get to make those decisions I will say though that I don't know if I will be doing it as often in the future because I definitely do sometimes get lonely I'm like not the kind of person who is very good at like making friends abroad and that's kind of intentional I feel like sometimes I I go alone because I want to be alone and then I'm like oh I'm lonely and then I'm like is that's what you wanted like I'm definitely at odds with myself about that a bit but I do have another solo trip planned because I loved Edinburgh so much that I'm actually gonna go by myself again this summer so I don't know it's one of those things it's a it's a give and take sometimes I'm really into it sometimes I'm not but right now it's winning I know that Emma is also a Hufflepuff like me, and she's definitely an extroverted Hufflepuff. So as for me, who's very introverted, I am totally fine with the idea of being alone for a little while. Like, it's actually invigorating because that's where I get my energy. But I know my, my extrovert Hufflepuff counterpart feeds off of having people around. Yeah, and also depends on, you know, where you're at and language barriers, which is why I really wanted to get someone in who is somewhat of an expert on talking to others, making connections while abroad, which is why I called upon my friend, Adrian Ben, also host of the podcast Strangers Abroad, avid traveler, avid backpacker, someone who prefers to travel alone because she's so good at making connections everywhere she goes. She's going to help us 
learn to, whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert, make these connections. So one thing that I'm a huge advocate for is believing that traveling alone is not synonymous with being lonely. And I don't feel lonely anymore because I've learned that I'm very comfortable being in solitude and being able to appreciate the silence and the reflection and like my internal dialogues. So I travel is just it's going to push you to see yourself in a different light. And I think that being alone is sometimes the only way for you to really see that. However, people always say like, oh my God, am I going to make any friends? And you are going to make, as long as you're not just staring at your phone and checking Instagram all the time and like texting all of your friends, you will make so many friends as long as you are open to it. So one thing that I definitely try to do is There's a ton of websites that you can go on that will help you meet locals or will help you meet other travelers other than just being in a hostel where you're only going to end up meeting Australians anyways. Uh, No shade, but like it's true. But so one thing I personally love doing is living like I'm a local and I love couch surfing. I I would do that more when I was in my early 20s now that I... I'm older and I like a real bed. Like that's real nice. I am so okay with Airbnb, but both of them allow you to live with a local and experience a city through a local's eyes. And people want to, people are proud of their homes. Like people want to show you the best and they will also take you away from the super saturated touristy areas and they'll show you where Like right now, I'm in Mexico City and I made friends with a guy who has a taco podcast and I've been eating like a queen since in places that I would never have found on my own. But because he's just like, we both have such a passion around food and podcasting, we just keep hanging out and he keeps showing me his favorite places around the city and he's lived in Mexico City his whole life and so he can when we're walking from one taco stand to another, you know, he can tell me the evolution of the city. He can give me so much more context to what I'm seeing and experiencing. And it just makes it so much more personable. And it's just stuff that you can't Wikipedia after. So trying to become friends with a local that you get along with really well is one of the first things that I totally recommend. And both Couchsurfing and Airbnb, even if you don't use them for housing, have opportunities like meetups or Airbnb experiences that allow you to meet other travelers and meet other locals and do really interesting activities. So I just did a Tesmascal, which is a um, sauna. It's a sweat lodge. Sorry. It is a Tesmascal is a, sorry, I'm saying that wrong. A Temescal is a sweat lodge that I did in somebody's like backyard with a bunch of other travelers and some native women from Mexico City and it was just so cool to to experience that and then also be with other people who are doing it for this for the first time and decompress together afterwards and I've done like lucha libre parties and have done 
orphan Christmases in Berlin, and that's really through couch surfing and Airbnb experiences. The couch surfing will always be free, whereas Airbnb, you typically have to pay for it. But it could be anywhere from like $5 to like $100. So it really depends on what you want to do, but it'll immerse you into the culture on a like whole nother level. Then other ways to meet locals is to, I really like Facebook groups. So you can go into Facebook groups where expats are living and typically locals are on those groups as well, either to just like start conversations or invite expats to their community organizations. So right now I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups for Mexico City and that's been a really awesome resource for me to meet other people who have been living here for a while and just be told where all the secrets are, you know, where all this stuff that are not going to be in guidebooks. So then the other thing that I would suggest to connect with locals is to learn a little bit of the language. So go beyond like, where's the bathroom? Donde está el baño? You know, like go a little bit beyond. I like learning how to say thank you and please. But the one word that I think is really important to learn is how to say cool. So I say that because... I can stumble through a completely choppy attempt at Spanish. But if I end with Giro, which is how to say cool in Mexico, they, the locals are like, how does she know our code? Like, how does she, it makes me seem much more, it just shows that I'm trying to connect with them better and that I'm trying to be respectful in their country and that. I want to be treated not as just like, oh, this is another gringa, you know? So I stand out like a sore thumb in Mexico City right now. So they approach me and they expect that I want to be spoken to in English. And I I really try to kind of tennis it back and say, no, 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 I want to speak your language, even if I'm going to suck at it. It is a humbling experience. And knowing those little things on, it just makes you seem a lot more respectful. The most important thing that you can do is talk to strangers because they are going to show you sides of yourself and parts of the world that you would never experience at home. And home is great, I love home, but I love the growth that, I love the growth that I am able to have when I am completely out of my element and talking to people who just have a different perspective or background and it just always it's just always expanding my understanding of the world and the one thing people always ask me when I come back is well what did you learn like what did you and I always say less than I knew when I left because you're just always going to be humbled by it and I would just always take travel as an opportunity to learn more about yourself and how the world works because it's easy to get stuck in who you think that you are and you can rewrite that story if you want to. The Bustle Huddle is produced by Anna Parsons and Michaela Heck with help and love from Roseanne Salvatore. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And definitely leave us reviews on iTunes because we love your feedback. 
You can also reach us at huddle at bustle.com. I'm your host, Jada Gomez. And I'm Anna Parsons. And we will see you next week.